0: Good morning everybody, this is Marty Duran coming to you with the 4th Estate Drive Time Live from an overcast and sprinkly I-40 this morning. It's good to be with you. Happy Wednesday. Oh, it's hump day. Hump day! Thanks for joining. One story this morning and one story only. Two sources. One is the Federalist and the other is the New York Times. Interesting story by Molly Hemingway. Now, I'm not a, uh, a big fan of The Federalist. I think they uh, miss it an awful lot. I think they exaggerate an awful lot. But if there's anybody who is good at keeping tabs on how the larger media world reports stories that are of interest to conservatives, that would be one Molly Hemingway If my memory serves, she is the one who pointed out that almost no uh, secular media, no large media were covering the Kermit Gosnell story from a couple of years ago, and it was uh, after she had pointed out the fact that it wasn't being covered, that some cursory coverage began to be given to it from larger media outlets. Yesterday, I think, or maybe overnight, Hemingway uh, had a piece in the Federalist dealing with the recent Supreme Court decision to push back the case of the Little Sisters of the Poor to the lower court to get an arrangement worked out between that organization and the Obama administration regarding the contraceptive mandate of the health care of all, Obamacare, the ACA. Um, And that issue, of course, was the provision for contraception. Now, the Little Sisters of the Poor were towing a very, very hard line, and the government had made uh, a few concessions and overtures, so the article isn't really, or the complaint isn't about uh, the position that the Little Sisters of the Poor had taken, but rather in a lengthy uh, 1,200-plus article in the New York Times, more than 20 paragraphs Uh, Writer Adam Liptak fails to mention the organization even a single time. None of the captions of the pictures, not in the headline, not in the lead, uh, not in the story is the name Little Sisters of the Poor, mentioned even one time as a plaintiff in this suit. As a matter of fact, Liptak's article in the New York Times does a pivot and becomes a piece about the 4-4 deadlock or potential deadlock uh, lacking a ninth justice on the Supreme Court. So it beca- it, it t- kind of turns into this rambling, what's going to happen on the court and what kind of decision is going to be made and what happens if there's a tie and, and uh, all this kind of thing with this particular decision kind of woven in. Um, and nowhere is mentioned the Little Sisters of the Poor. Well, Molly Hemingway, writing at the Federalist points out the oddity of having uh, what she calls a gift from the editorial gods. Um, The ability to write a piece where you have the government pitted against a Roman Catholic charity made up of only women and called the Little Sisters of the Poor. And she rightly surmises that were this a Republican president going after uh, whose administration was taking to court or was fighting in court, such an organization that it would be big bad republicans go to battle against poor helpless charity and it almost certainly would i made a joke on facebook this morning that were <coughs> this the george w bush administration that rachel maddow would probably have gone undercover with the little sisters of the poor to get a closer story and uh it, it doesn't really take a lot of effort to see That this is the kind of uh, reporting that is problematic. Now, a lot of people are going to say, you know, left-wing bias and big media bias and all that kind of thing. But there's two types of bias, and one is uh, both are damning, and one is actually, I think, more dangerous than the other. I call them explicit bias and implicit bias. Explicit bias is when the writer decides or an editor decides. Uh, We don't want to use Little Sisters of the Poor because that's going to make uh, the administration whom we support look bad. And so let's just avoid using their name through the entire uh, article. Uh, Well, Mr. Editor or Miss Editor, it's not going to be possible to cover this story uh, in that fashion because they are central to the story. Well, can we pivot the story? Can we cover something else that makes it unnecessary to mention them or to dwell on that fact? Well, we could bring in the 4-4 deadlock in the Supreme Court. Done. Have me, have me 1,200 words in half an hour or in an hour or whatever. Okay, that's, that would be ex- what I call explicit bias, a, uh, a determined effort to avoid uh, reporting that would be sympathetic to uh, a group that you disagree with or to promote reporting that would be affirming to a group that you do agree with. I think I said that right. Uh, The other is what I would call implicit bias, or I would even go so far as to to call it unrecognized bias. And that is when the the reporters, the editors, the writers, whoever, are so attuned to their own worldview that they don't really understand that there are differing points of view. And so it isn't that they willfully don't cover or mention them. It's that it never comes into their mind to do so because their worldview is so starkly different than uh, those than the worldview of people who are involved, some of the readership, the larger audience in America, and et cetera. So implicit bias isn't hey let's cut this out. Implicit bias never thinks to put it in. So to an implicit bias to a writer like Adam Liptak with the New York times is not that he's actively working against the little sis- mentioning the little sisters of the poor, although that certainly could have been the case. Uh, it's that he doesn't even think that they're a part of the story. They're not the religious Liberty angle. Isn't an actual angle um, that's important, or it isn't an angle that even comes into his mind because he doesn't think in terms of religious Liberty. So, You know, I I don't agree with uh, Sarah Palin and her wine brigade about the lamestream media and all that stuff. There's a lot of good reporting. There's a lot of good articles. But there is bias in all reporting. There's bias on the right-hand side. Listen, you can find bias on the Federalist. You can find uh, different examples of implicit bias at the best and probably explicit bias, too, at the Federalist. But with with regard to the story that The Times published today uh, or yesterday uh, by Adam Liptak on the decision by the court to push it down, there is a clear non-mentioning, for whatever reason, of one of the groups that had been mentioned many, many times. Uh, In some instances, I never saw the words Hobby Lobby without seeing the words Little Sisters of the Poor accompanying it. Uh, in terms of fighting the, the um, contraceptive mandate or going to court against the ACA or uh, religious liberty uh, expressions in religious groups and things like that. They were mentioned in tandem because they were co-plaintiffs, and they weren't the only ones. There were others as well. There was a school in Georgia. Uh, I think um, the, the Guidestone Resources was a plaintiff at one time, maybe a different case, but similar. And so these are not things that were small. There were large players involved in some cases, and yet um, the Times couldn't see its way clear to mention them. So that's the kind of thing that you uh, need to be aware of. It's the kind of thing that seeking out multiple sources uh, helps to combat. So if you read that Times story and you went looking for any other stories I don't know that you would have found them in the major media. You would have had to have gone to the second tier of media, uh, independent sites and blogs and stuff like that, to find out who is involved and why, and that it really didn't have a lot to do with a 4-4 deadlock or potential 4-4 deadlock, though certainly that would have been a different article and would have been an interesting article had it been a different article, because there's a lot to write about that. So that's it for this morning. Those will be the only 2 links in the episode notes. If you'd like to advertise on the 4th Estate, which includes Drive Time and the Long Form Podcast, just shoot me an email, marty at group.com I'll be glad to work with you on ad rates. If you'd like to advertise across the Roundtable Media Group platform, that same email will work, marty at com, and I'll get you the uh, standard advertising rates and what all that benefit that gets you the the fourth estate drive time is brought to you by roundtable media group check us out roundtablemediagroup.com and don't forget to subscribe to the fourth estate in your favorite podcatcher itunes stitcher etc etc and if you get a moment please rate and review this podcast in itunes Uh, rating literally takes like two seconds and a review will take you about two minutes Uh, And all of those are very, very much appreciated. And if you get a moment, uh, would you consider sharing this on Twitter or Facebook or email it to somebody and say, hey, you might be interested in this. Um, All of those things are greatly, greatly appreciated. Again, this is Marty Duren, and you have been listening to the 4th State Drive Time. And as always, I hope you have a fantastic day.